Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Capitals Report, a game day edition with John Walton and Mike Vogel and taking your questions here on Facebook Live. The Capitals down to the final three games of the preseason tonight. The New Jersey Devils in town. This is the final home game. A couple of road games coming up in Carolina and St. Louis. We're going to get a really good feel tonight for what this team may look like. A lot of regulars going to be in the lineup, but that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be competition for jobs tonight, especially at the forward position. Love what Nathan Walker has done, but there have been a lot of guys that have made statements this camp. Tyler Gray of Act 2, this is a big night for him perhaps as well, but uh, for some of these depth positions that we've been talking about all summer, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road tonight in the next two. And you're right, Johnny, and, and when you do the math, and we've had a lot of cuts here, there were a big big round of cuts over the weekend, a smaller round yesterday, and now ostensibly this team is down to 29 players. Yeah, there's 30 on the roster. There's an extra goalie. Teams carry three at this time of year. We all know who the two netminders are going to be here to start the season. So realistically, about um, six at least and, and, and perhaps seven more players to be cut, three defensemen and either three or four forwards. And when you look at that forward group, you only see two guys, uh, Jacob Vrana and Travis Boyd, who, require, who, who don't require waivers to be sent down. So those guys would be the easy send downs. But to me, Vrana's done enough to, to be here. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle these, uh, these last few cuts and, and who's left with a chair and who's left without one. Working with the assumption for a moment that Vrana would be here when the Caps head to Ottawa for the regular season opener, there comes the issue, and this has been the talk all around the boards and around camp here for the last few days. What's this lineup going to look like mm -hmm. by the time you get there? I think for those who are coming to the game tonight, you're going to have a pretty good idea. By the time it's done, you're going to see the top six, generally the way that it's probably going to be configured. If that's the case, is Jacob Brown a slot in perhaps on the Brett Connolly position on the third line? Does he play the left side? Where do you see Verona fitting in here? I think he's capable of playing either side, left or right, and he does have a little bit of chemistry with Lars Eller because the 21 games he spent with Washington last season, I feel like he played mostly on Eller's line, and he played both sides of that line uh, during that stretch. I will say this, that Verona's salary is higher than that of any of the guys uh, vying for those forward spots um, of the guys who actually have contracts, I mm -hmm. should stipulate, uh, as well. And with the Caps being a cap crunch team, should they elect to try to carry 23 players, I guess it's conceivable that Verona could be the odd man out just because of the dollars. But I've said this before, I wrote this yesterday, too, that um, we in the media, I think, tend to put a little too much focus on that opening night roster. And you and I have seen over the years mm -hmm. guys who were in Hershey at the start of the season who wound up with uh, 20 goal seasons or, you know, huge contributions. Brooks Like in, in 05, 06 um, is, is, a, is a good example. So I, I think that, um, you know, this year's Caps roster is going to have a lot more fluidity and there's going to be a lot, of, lot more to and fro between Hershey and here just because of the, the nature of this team. Question from Graham asking about any chance that the Caps pay attention to the waiver wire for a possible upgrade. That actually kind of dovetails into this same mm -hmm. conversation just because how many guys will you carry? Do you have the money for it? And if there is a guy on the waiver wire, it's probably got to be someone who is, shall we say, budget friendly yep. because you're not going to be able to fit them otherwise. Yeah, this team would have to if they, if they my thoughts are, sure, you're going to look. Uh, you know, window shopping is free. So I think they'll, they'll certainly peruse, uh, walk up and down the aisle a few times, uh, maybe check the, uh, the nutritional uh, content, <laughs> see what's in there. But I, I, think, fiber. Yeah, I think that uh, it, it's more likely that, that they would grab a defenseman in that fashion. I can't see them adding another forward 
uh, to, to what is already a pretty crowded uh, and difficult uh, decision uh, right now. Uh, Yoka Paka didn't work out. They, they let him go uh, yesterday. So now uh, it looks like they're going to go with uh, what, what's in-house, uh, so to speak, what's in the organization. So I would think that if there is, a, like you said, it would have to be a cheap defenseman. Uh, I think that's something that could turn their head. And, you know, I think Vegas started uh, training camp with, if I'm not mistaken, 11 defensemen on one-way contracts. Now, a lot of those guys are third-pair, six-seven type defensemen. So, um, it, you know, it just depends on your, your, your viewpoint as to whether you think one of those guys is better than what you have in-house and whether the dollars work out for you. Yeah, Yoki Pocket didn't quite work out that game in Montreal. is a tough one for him and, uh, and gets the, uh, gets the walking papers yesterday. On that subject, uh, Matt asking about your take on the defensive lines. Well, I don't think there's much doubt that Dmitry Orlov and Matt Niskanen are your top pair. I think that one's pretty well settled. You're going to see those guys play tonight against New Jersey. Uh, beyond that, there are some questions. Who plays with John Carlson and who plays with Brooks Orpik? Who have you liked here so far? Well, what we're seeing tonight um, with those guys, Aaron Ness with Carlson and, and Madison Bowie with, uh, with Orpik, could be what we see on opening night in theory. Those, those pairings work from a left-right uh, standpoint. I, I thought it was interesting that Orloff, they moved to Orloff and they had juice with Niskanen uh, on Saturday night against Carolina. It could be Orloff has the ability to play the right side. You're able to alter the equation a little bit. Uh, and maybe work some other guys in. But I do agree with you, Johnny. I think what we see tonight is going to be pretty close to what we see on opening night. We may see Juice in there. We may see Chorney in there. But uh, I think as far as uh, the makeup, certainly I think you're going to see uh, Orloff and Niskanen together. Um, I've liked Bowie with Orpik. He only played the one game of the four so far, and it was the Montreal game that you referred to in which Yoka mm -hmm. struggled. I thought Bowie was one of the better players for the Caps in that game. He led the team. In, in ice time among defensemen. I think he had 22, uh, 22 and change that night, and he did play with, uh, with Brooks Orpik. This is a guy who, um, you know, is, should be knocking at the door, and I think he is knocking at the door. You look at where he's come in terms of um, his body and, and fitness and all that, um, he, he, I think he's got an NHL body. I think he's ready to go. I think the injury last season that cost him the last half of the season probably cost him a trip to the NHL. I think he would have been called up sometime in the second half. And uh, I think uh, tonight's a big audition for him, and I think it makes sense if you're trying to break a young kid into the lineup um, to break him in with a guy like Brooks Orpik. And the fact that Madison is a little more offensive-oriented and a guy who likes to jump up a little bit also, I think, makes Brooks uh, a good partner for him. So I'm anxious to see how that, uh, that works out tonight. I should say I'm excited to see how that works out tonight. And um, I, I think that that, uh, that could be a pairing that we see uh, here and there over the course of the season. Because, again, I think there's going to be a fair amount of, of to and fro. I think it's asking a lot um, for the talent evaluators here to get these decisions right based on, you know, a handful of preseason games and a handful of scrimmages. I think uh, you're going to see some to and fro first, uh, first 15, 20 games maybe especially. Transitioning to special teams, Zach asking about the power play units and how they may look. Certainly a little bit different with some of the roster defections over the summer. Probably bigger roles for Evgeny Kuznetsov, possibly Brett Connolly, and maybe even sneak in Alex Chason. We'll see. Yeah, I think you're going to see Evgeny Kuznetsov slide into that spot that Marcus Johansson had uh, along the goal line. Now, that, that makes for an absolutely lethal first unit, but it does take a little juice out of that second unit because you don't have a true center now any, any longer on that, on that second power play unit. Um, 
Andre Burakovsky is probably the closest thing you got, a, a guy who had about a half a season of, of a trial uh, at center when he first came into the league a couple of years ago. So you're probably going to have to split the face-off duty on that second uh, second unit. I think they're looking at Orloff and Niskanen on the point there, uh, probably Burakovsky and, uh, like you said, Connolly or Chason. Not sure who the uh, the other uh, winger would be at this point. Maybe both of those guys actually, um, and both of those guys, Connolly and Chason, have had some work in the diamond spot where T.J. Oshie works on the first unit and where Justin uh, Williams worked on the second unit last year, leaving uh, a little bit of an opening there. But the first unit should be uh, the same except for uh, Kuznetsov sliding in for for Johansson. So what you might see, given the fact that it is kind of a front-loaded first unit. Rather than a, in a, in a all things being an equal situation, a minute minute split or even a minute 10, 50 second split, you might see that first unit hanging out there for minute 20, minute 30, um, just because that's where that's where most of your weapons are. Yeah, just tons of ability in a power play one as we get going here. Uh, Hugh asking about Brett Connolly specifically: uh, Is he a third lineman forever? Uh, no, maybe mm -hmm. not. Uh, in fact, some of the discussion uh, United team event the other night uh, talking about that, even with Dick Patrick, about uh, whether or not how does that slot in? Does he move to the right side? If only when you take away Justin Williams, you're trying to figure out who's going that side. If it's Connolly, then maybe Ron is on the third because you don't want to put that much pressure on Jacob as you go into the season. A uh, real chance that Connolly could very well be in the top six when we head to Ottawa. You're the guy that brought it up about maybe not putting so much pressure on Verona to start the season, and, and I like that idea. And then there's the fact that I alluded to earlier that he does have a little bit of history with Lars Zeller, and they have some, some comfort together. So uh, to me, Connolly is one of those guys who's really stood out at, at camp this year. He looks like he's come in with a purpose. And look, look, this is a guy who, who is spending the second straight camp in the same place for the first time uh, in a little while. You know, he came to Boston at the tail end of a season, got, got a camp there. He, he's bounced around a little bit. He's still a pretty young guy. He's got a lot of uh, ability and a lot of skill. And I think uh, the fact that he knows he's settled in here for a couple of years has really uh, meant something to him. But he's, he's, he's definitely come to camp um, with the mindset that I wanna, I wanna grab one of those uh, top, top six wing spots. I wanna play with Kuznetsov or Backstrom because I know what that could mean for, for my career uh, going forward. You know, he scored 15 goals last year, and I don't think of all the guys who scored 15 in the league last year, I don't think anybody had less ice time per game. Uh, than Brett Connolly did, so no real special teams time either. Yeah, that too. That's what, that was mm -hmm. my next point. You know, he didn't. He did it all at even strength, and he did it on on really uh, harshly budgeted minutes. And this year, his minutes are probably going to go up a little bit. His special teams are probably going to go up a little bit. We saw 65 goals walk out the door last year. If Connolly can get to, to somewhere between 20 and 25. Uh, that, that replaces maybe 10% of those, and that's what you're going to need. You're going to need a bunch of guys to chip in and, and replace those. For, um, uh, Kim and Drew uh, asking about, again, getting back to what will probably be the most interesting set of cuts between now and when we get to Monday, and that is the forwards. Uh, who do you think the cuts will be? Chandler, Devontae, Grayevac seems to be a backlog. I, I think you can make a case for all of those guys. You've yeah. talked about waivers, which is certainly going to factor into it. It's not just solely uh, merit, but a lot of it is, obviously, this time of year, whether or not uh, you can get a guy through waivers or not. Uh, Smith Pelly's on a two-way contract, so 
maybe he's a guy that goes, but certainly, uh, you know, with the, the mass that he brings, he's a big fella. And, I mean, a, a guy who in the past has had success even in the postseason. Yeah. He's been a bit of an enigma wherever he's been, Anaheim, Montreal, New Jersey. But he's always started really well. And if you maybe give him a shot to, under this coaching staff and a fresh set of eyes, who knows? Well, and the thing is, everybody who's still here is still here for a reason because they've, they've impressed They've opened some eyes uh, so far. So I think that uh, another thing, and and you alluded to it a little bit there, asset management is going to be important too, especially if you think this is going to be one of those seasons where you're going to have some flux and some fluidity uh, between Hershey and Washington. You may want to, you know, and and let's face it too, injuries, this team has been incredibly healthy the last two years, the healthiest team in the NHL expecting that to continue with a new medical staff is asking for a lot. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. Um, But I think that you may see the Caps try to keep as many of these assets in-house as possible, which could involve, as we alluded to earlier as well, maybe parking Jacob Vrana in in Hershey for a week or 10 days or a couple weeks at the start of the season uh, until something opens up organically. Um, I, I don't know what their thinking is right now, but they do have a lot of forwards who have impressed at camp this fall, and they don't have enough spots for all of them. So um, that's going to be real interesting to see how that all shakes out. And, um, you know, normally you like to have those last two games as a a bit of a dress rehearsal, and that's what this team has been able to do the last two years with virtually a set lineup at the beginning of training camp. This year they had some questions. They had some job opportunities. They don't have that luxury. I think tonight's going to be important, but I think also at least that first weekend game is, is probably going to be important too for, for some of those bubble guys. Christy asking, have you noticed any particular mentoring pairs between new guys and the vets? I think when you use the word mentoring, the first name that comes to my mind is Brooks Orpik, mm-hmm. a guy who's practically an assistant coach at this point on the ice, and certainly this time of year to be able to be with some of these young defense. And for a guy like Madison Bowie tonight, I can't imagine a better guy to be playing with to be able to learn some of the ropes in the NHL than playing with Brooks Orpik. He's play- and I think Brooks has had two partners, if I'm not mistaken, this, this camp, Connor Hobbs and Madison Bowie, and, and that's perfect. Uh, Connor Hobbs, uh, first pro season, Madison Bowie looking to make the leap from the AHL to the NHL. So uh, the way they set up the pairings at the beginning of camp, um, pretty much every guy was in a mentor role. Even Dmitry Orloff and John Carlson were paired with younger guys. Niskanen paired with younger guys. Taylor Chorney paired with younger guys. Um, So they they had that. I think the only pair that didn't have that that sort of true mentor was Ness Lewington, which, I mean, Sort of it does because Ness really helped Lewington along in Hershey two years ago when the latter was in his first pro season, and that pair is sort of um, solidified and, and been a real backbone for the, the Bears team. And we've seen that pair in two of the Caps' four preseason games here so far, and I thought they were really good in both of those games. So I think that's, for me, that's been a good fallback. I think if, if everything had crashed and burned this, this training camp and none of the young defensemen uh, outside of Ness and Lewington had looked good and you didn't trust any of them, that would have been a fallback. You could have put, not an ideal fallback, but a fallback where you could have put Car- uh, Carlson and or- Orpik together and then had these these two guys comprise your third pair. I think it's fortunate they don't have to, to do that, but it, it's something that there's enough chemistry back there that yeah. you could have put those guys out there for 12 or 13 minutes a night for couple of weeks. Squeeze one more in here from Victor. What's the trade value for Philip Grubauer? Can, can Phoenix Copley step 
into that number two role. A little presumptive probably, but at the same time, the one thing that we know about this team is they are stacked in goal really all the way through the organization, not just with those three, but for guys that are coming along the line, Vitek Vanacek and Elias Samsonov and, and so on and so on. Uh, this right now, uh, I mean, just from an asset management standpoint, I mean, in theory, sure. I mean, I think that probably would be just because, Philip. I don't think there's any doubt he's a number one goaltender in waiting yeah. uh, here elsewhere, whatever. Uh, and then you've got Phoenix Copley, who is big. He moves pretty well, and he's been pretty impressive this camp as well. Yeah, Copley's had some good results. Um, when you watch him, I don't think he's as he's quite as uh, structured or as tight as as the other two guys, as, Hol as Holpe and Grubauer. And, and, you know, maybe that's... The Caps signed Copley as a, a college free agent. He, he had one year in their system before he was uh, traded in the uh, Oshi deal. And then he was, a, what, a year and a half in, in the St. Louis system. So now he's getting back under the tutelage of Scott Murray and, to, to, you know, to a lesser extent now Mitch Korn. So I think he'll be better half a season from now than he is right now. I think when you, when you watch him, he, he sort of gets untethered from the, from the crease area a little bit. Um, he's got all the tools. He's, he's, he's got great size. He's got reflexes. He's athletic. You, you like what's, what's there. Um, so I would say if there is a, a market for Grubauer, it's going to come about because of an injury somewhere else. It's going to be somewhere down the line. Um, it's going to be something completely out of the, the cap's control. Um, I guess theoretically, maybe, maybe some starter somewhere in the league crashes and burns and Maybe you get a team that's knocking on your door asking about Grubauer's availability. But as to what the uh, the market will bear, I, I mean, only time will tell. Uh, look, the Kings lost Jonathan Quick on opening night last year, and uh, they really didn't do anything about it until they went out and got Ben Bishop, which was kind of when uh, Quick came back. So, uh, you know, it depends on how much urgency a team feels to, uh, to address that need or, or that position, too. I think it's just something that you you realize that it's something that could be in your back pocket going forward, but it's not something that you count on. Caps and the Devils tonight, the final home preseason game of the fall. Two games coming up Friday and Sunday on the road at Carolina at New Jersey. Puck drops tonight at 7. You can see the game on CSN. Joe Beninati, Craig Lachlan, Alan May between the benches tonight. And then Kenny Benrave, yours truly, on the Caps radio network on Sirius XM 91 tonight as well. We start at 7 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Capitals Report.